Hey folks, welcome to BeerCast by Beer Otaku with Ben and Jay. A show where we explore the brilliance and the drinkable art form that is craft beer. Today's podcast is brought to you and recorded at the Playhouse Wilburger. Whether your thing is burgers and fries or retro arcade games or just an amazing beer and cocktail list, the Playhouse Swillburger is the best place in Rochester for you to be. Relive your best childhood memories playing retro arcade and old school pinball, or peruse Rochester's biggest collection of regional and local beers right on tap. Don't forget to go right now to beermenus.com where you can download the app so you can have the Playhouse's daily beer menu updates immediately sent to your phone. This way you don't have to miss any of those hard to find beers that only last a day just because they're so highly sought after. Hey guys, this is Ben. And Jay. And we are here today to do the drink along. Oh yeah. So um, this is going to be, we're covering the flavors uh, plus the method of drinking and tasting. Uh, the three S's, as Jay so eloquently put it last time. And this kind of gives you the revelation of what this beer means, uh, the flavors, what you're discovering about yourself, what you like, what you dislike, how your taste buds are evolving into what you like. What else is going to help is this is going to reveal a way to help you select beers in grocery stores or beer stores. And we're going to break that down more towards the end of the podcast for you guys. Yeah, we're going to make it so it's not so much of a mystery anymore, like mystery, mystery beer. Nobody likes mystery beer. No one likes mystery beer. It's like beer. the mystery box in like, you know, 500 with the football. You, you only, I feel like there's only a good mystery box once in a while. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about... <laughs> like uh, where you throw the football up and you say 500 and you catch the ball. You're now the thrower. You know, is this you when you were this five? Game. Dude, this was like playground, <laughs> elementary school We went to football. vastly different playgrounds yeah, then. because you're from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Chicago. I don't think you guys had playgrounds. No, we didn't. We didn't have grass. <laughs> Concrete jungle. Concrete jungle, baby. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have some fun today, guys. And listen, if you don't have the beers with you that we talked about last episode, shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. Because we took the time to record that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be that way. But listen, yeah, you need to stop this. Go back and listen to the previous episode because we go over what the beers are and all that good stuff. And we're about to dive right into these beers right now. We can can give you the lineup right right now. So if you want to pause. Of course. I just want to feel guilty. I know. You're (laughs) guilt tripping them. Yeah, guilt tripping. They, They have a pause button. They know this, but maybe they forgot. But yeah, guys, you could, you could pause this and come back. Also, you should not be uh, driving and listening to this podcast because we're expecting you to drink along with us. So yeah. that would, we, we do not the condone not, that action. An officer will not accept, but, but they I told was me to do it. <laughs> that doesn't work. So if you guys get a chance, go out and uh, pick up. Here's the four beers that we're going to do for the drink along. Uh, we're doing Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers. This is their house lager. It's a golden lager. Um, we have, for a Palau, we have... Uh, uh, Lagunitas uh, Citrus Sinensis Pale Ale. And for an, an IPA, we have Founders All Day IPA, which is a session ale. So you can drink a few of them and be okay. And for, <laughs> our, and for our stout, we have Dragon's Milk. This one in particular is a little bit higher in ABV. So this one you can't drink a couple. This one you can right. drink a couple. Be all right. <laughs> and this from food in yet. New um, Holland, right? From New Holland Brewing. I'm sorry. Yep. But it is a bourbon barrel aged stout, so it's got a little extra sweetness and a little extra flavor to it. But we're going to have fun, guys. So glad you could come with us and drink along on this drink along with us. 
Cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to use a lot of the methods that we talked about last episode. We have our three S's. Just as a quick reminder, we have the site of the beer. So coloring, carbonation levels, legs, if you, if you know that term, to swirl the beer and you see uh, the side of the glass. And then possibly even sediment if, or, or yeast, any, anything that's uh, in the liquid. You yeah. have the smell, so we're looking for aromas. And then lastly, we have our sip, which sort of molds in a lot of different levels of, of flavor. So it could be a primary, a secondary, or a tertiary flavor on the beginning, the middle, or the end. And I'm just going to add to something a bit uh, that Jay just said, just to oversimplify it just a little bit. Uh, with site, something that, that's really simple is a lot of the beers generally are filtered. So you can see straight through them. You can just see the color. But it's becoming more of a thing that you'll encounter more now where they're less filtered or they're completely unfiltered. Where's that word, Ben? Come on. What? The word that I'm not a huge fan of that oh, gets that, overused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of hazy. things are, labor, are, are labeled hazy or New England or NE IPA, which you'll see sometimes. So hazy is a word that's thrown around a lot. And it generally means that it's unfiltered, but people use it for a variety of things just to sell the beer. Yeah. So. I'm just kidding. I don't really hate the word. I just think it's overused. It is, it is overused. I do like hazy bit. beer, though. Yeah. Cool. So, so we're, we got those three S's, but we also do want to just quickly remind you guys, um, when we do sip, um, we're looking primarily for those five flavor, flavor profiles that are on our palate. So what type of sweetness do we, do we get? What type of saltiness or salinity? Uh, bitterness, sour... And that, that infamous word, uh, umami, or just like a very concentrated, rich, almost can sometimes also be like earthy or natural flavors as well. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're going to do is we go through these beers. You want to definitely have a little notepad or your phone notepad and just kind of jut along, write down the, the name of the beer, what you liked, and then after that, maybe what you don't like or yeah. what you didn't like. You don't have to try to write down every flavor like you may not really get any saltiness from the beer you may not really notice any yeah, everybody's palate's a little different that's so. okay um it's mainly about putting down what you noticed or something that starkly made you go "Ooh, i don't like this well why don't you like it what do you taste that just yeah. shouldn't be there to you and, and the purpose of the podcast guys isn't to make you feel bad about beer it's not meant to overthink beer but yeah. what it is meant to be is sort of a teaching teachable moment yeah. uh there's a lot of people out there that seem maybe overwhelmed by the craft scene you want they, to demystify it exactly so we're breaking down these four major styles that are found you know domestically and internationally around the world with lager pal ipas and stouts yeah we're really trying to help you guys find what style of beer you really love right what type of beers you don't really love right. and you might want to avoid uh Temporarily, because we all hope that everybody transitions to loving every style of beer. Because that would be the greatest part in the world. Because if everybody just loved every style of beer. And it's like uh, the age-old question, what is good music? Well, there's... Eyes of the Beholder. Eyes of the Beholder, right? It's it's what do you like. So it's just an introduction, um, and we're just going to cover some basic things that will help you along. And then from there again, we'll get into the other stuff. So we're going to start right now with... Uh, the lager, which is a lighter of the beers, lighter on the palate. Um, that way, as you progressively taste the other beers, instead of starting the other end with a stout and then going the other way, the stout's going to probably last longest on your palate, yeah, whereas the lager, the lager can wash away pretty easily. Typically in the, in the craft 
scene of, of beverages, you want to taste from lighter bodied to more full bodied. And that just allows your palate to progress along with the body of the beers. So we're starting off with this. Um, this is uh, the, Jack's Abbey? Uh, the Jack's Abbey. It's a golden lager. Uh, lagers, lager? guys, just to give you a little background, we're going to give you a little background of the origin of a lot of the beers, and then we're going to break down the basics, and then Ben and I are going, going to like go into our own interpretation of this beer. So yeah. lagers, they're Germanic in origin. Yeah. Um, they're actually more new age even though they're still, you know, hundreds of years old. You mean like the modern lager? Yeah. So, I mean, what we have is the the creation of lagers was sort of like an accidental process. Um, You know, the lagering method was made um, in cooler climate. Like we're talking about Germany here. So it's rather cold. So so it's an interesting thing that you say that. I'm just going to, like in my head, I'm like, man, accidental because because the temperature that they hold the beer and then the process that it turns into beer generally is a warmer temperature where a lager is generally a colder temperature than, than ales are made in. So yeah. how was it accidentally done? As far so as we have, as, as the Ger- Germans started to accidentally discover this lagering process, um, they, they didn't, I mean, nobody knew then hundreds of years ago that there were, whether it was cold resistant right. or warm resistant or heat resistant yeast. So they were in the mountains, right? The, yeah. I mean, they're in the, the caves. They're in the caves. Yeah. No, not the caucus, uh, Rhine, like Northern Rhine area, west, Bavaria. So this east. is Northern, Northern Europe. Okay. So right on the border of the Baltic sea across, uh, you got Denmark right there. You got the Netherlands on, uh, the Western part of Germany. Okay. Germany also borders France. Yeah. But then right across the Baltic sea, you have Sweden, Norway, Finland. Um, so that, that general area, you know, of Northern, right. Northern Europe what produced the Vikings. Yeah. You got the Vikings across the Baltic. You got the German, the Anglo-Sax, the Saxons. Um, so a little history for you guys, but yeah, so this, this led to this bottom fermentation called, fl- uh, like fl- to flocculate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the fermentation happens around 45 to 55 degrees. So, right. I mean, that's, that's like cellar. That's like what they call room temperature, yeah. but room temperature back in the day, you know, we're, we're talking pre furnace, pre gas stoves. Right. And I mean, we're talking about cellar temperature, which and it's is higher like, up or, and than we are actually, isn't it? Yeah. That part of the world? I'm not 100% sure on the elevation. Okay. But, I mean, we're just talking, like you said, you mentioned caves. Yeah. That's exactly what we're talking about. So this fermentation, it doesn't create as many byproducts during the fermentation. Germans claim that the lagering, this uh, flocculate fermentation, actually creates a cleaner and crisper beer. Okay. Um, but... It also leaves, because it's cooler, it doesn't ferment all the sugars into alcohol. So mm-hmm. there is a slight little bit of sweetness to lagers when compared to ales. Definitely. And we can get into that. You also have lower alcohol by volume typically because the There's sugars are converted into alcohol. Right. So with lagers, if we have a little bit of sweetness left over, that means the residual sugar was never really truly fully fermented into alcohol. Correct. So yeah, general characteristics of a lager... They're usually lighter. They're usually very crisp. Mm-hmm. We have higher carbonation, which I think is that crispness. Crispness, yeah. They tend to be very mellow and smooth in flavors. There's no, like, yeah. crazy flavors coming out of yeah, lagers, right. right? They're just it's from Germany, so yeah. Germany has their purity laws yeah. where you can only use the five ingredients. Um, 
And, and that goes back they, all the way to this goes 1700s? to like 17, 1800s. Okay. I want to say 1800s. This goes back away. Like when commercial brewing really took off. started to take off. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about it's very German. I yeah. mean, German, they're yeah. sort of perfectionists, yeah, OCD yeah. perfectionists. Yeah. Um, and it became a, an, a something that their country is making money for. off of. Yeah. Yeah. So I they mean, want to keep a standard. If you think of a country in beer, it's like Germany. Germany. You think of Germany for sure. Yep. Germany, Belgium, England, Ireland, beer, beer countries, right, beer consumption right. countries. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And then, so this also lends to, we talk about bitterness in beers. Lagers typically have lower IBUs or the international bittering units. So yeah. these are much, I would say like more round, yeah. more smooth. So yeah, we have, we have Jack's Abbey. If you guys get a chance, first of all, we'll start, we'll start off with our three S's. So sight. So Ben, what, what do you see? So uh, the, the color I get off of it right away is uh, a little bit like a hay color, like a light hay color maybe. Yeah, I'm, I get like a, a light golden. Yeah. Maybe a little darker than hay, but like You're the, right. outside, right. the outside of the beer it is, it is, is lighter, and then you get into the center, and it, it gets pretty, pretty golden. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Oh, yeah, it says that's gold. That's a better um, golden It says lager. it right there on top, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so obviously that's a better, um, a better sight analysis. Yeah. I don't see... I know we it were talking about car- yeah, very, very clean. I can see Ben's lovely face through it, mm. sort of, but it magnifies your eyes. Wouldn't you want to make, oh, make up to these eyes? Yeah, those are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you better say I'll, now. I'll pass on yeah, that. Yeah, your wife yeah. wouldn't like it. <laughs> so uh, I also see, um, you know, we talked about lagers having a decent amount of carbonation. I see a decent yeah. amount of bubbles like that are very they're consistently. Tiny, tiny, tiny. But they're tiny bubbles, yeah. which I would so expect them to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. But when you swirl it, I see you're swirling it. It's it definitely releasing. Right, it right up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the carbonation is there. So it creates a nice little little amount of head. So that leads us into the second ask. So smell, you know, aromas. Mm. And, man, I – so lagers and I are sort of in a weird – It's right It's now. like a weird place, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a love-hate relationship. Goodbye, I feel like all the lagers smell the same to me. Yeah. Like, they – well, and that's only because... They have sort of a honeyed characteristic. Yeah, and that's because you've been away from them. Like, yeah. You, you just haven't. So I feel like that, and I feel like that just kind of goes with it. Yeah. You don't get all the little intricacies of it as much anymore. I also, I also sometimes, I think I've mentioned this in prior podcasts when we've tasted lagers, sometimes I get like a, a crisp apple or cider yeah. or like um, hard cider type yeah. of note on the nose as well, where it... it Again, that's sort of like that sweetness that I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I get, I can smell it. Well, a little secret: a lot of cider makers use some of the same yeast oh, yeah. that they do in beer yeah. for for lagers, even. Yeah. There's, nice. there's, and we won't get into it this time, but uh, there's two different ways you can really make apple cider or any other fruit cider. You can make it the champagne way, or you can make it the ale way. Um, in the industry, that's those are the two main ways they make it, as far as like the type of yeast yeah. and the. And the pattern so that's why you'll get some similar notes nice so then we get to our third s the simplified the sip so initial flavor what might you get right off the bat and then once you're swishing it around are there any secondary flavors that come out and then once you swallow it what what type of after effects what type of tertiary flavors or you know the first thing after just uh taking a little swig there i was initially hit with what it's like to taste a really good cider that's fresh that's uh that's you know has alcoholic cider um, so I got that initial crispness, um, some of that yeast familiarity, and yeah. um, something else popped up was the oh the the grain 
Um, I just you, it feels like it's just straight to grain. I could just taste the grain. I know we talked about like breadiness before in in beers. I don't. I mean, lagers don't always come across as bready. I always think of like Belgian, okay. like farmhouse. Yeah. You know, I think of those because and those are yeast. They forward. usually have very yeast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeast forward or like they're maybe unfiltered, so like you get the chewiness. Yeah. But lagers are not. But I'm getting it. Anyway. And sometimes you do get it with lagers because they are malt. Um, they're malt forward. Yeah. I mean, the malts have a lot of those sugars that are eventually going to be fermented into the alcohol. So, yeah, yeah that makes sense for, for a lager. Um, yeah, and then the flavors on the, on the finish, again, lagers, they're clean. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not getting terrible, awful uh, after, you know, yeah. s- those, those weird, like, after flavors. Um, like, you might get with, with some, some very unique beers that are brewed. Like, yeah. this, is, this is very um, true to the Germanic roots of a lager. Like, it's clean. It, it doesn't last long on the finish, no, but it makes you want to come back for more. Um, and I think that that's also a very Germanic, Northern European thing is, like, mm-hmm. when they consume beers, they so consume a beers. quite, a, quite yeah. a few beers. And right. we're not talking about, like, we're not condoning like getting wasted twenty four seven, but right, like right. when when you drink lagers, like typically they are a little bit lower ABV, so you mm-hmm. can you can have more, yeah, um, without feeling inundated or a you know messed up. Yeah, <laughs> to I put agree. it bluntly. Yeah. So. But I, and I think a lot of that um, lends itself to the history and the tradition of keeping the beer, making the beer made with only these ingredients. Yeah, which you know not everyone does anymore, which is good, but it has forced that. Lagers, it's forced lager makers from Germany to have a long-standing tradition, which has helped with the new um, type of lagers that are made, like the new wave of lagers that have come out, because there's a definitely distinct flavor and like build profile you expect from a lager, and I think that really does lend itself to how they um, established it. And this. Jack's Abbey did a really good job. I mean, this is right in that category of lagers that we were talking about. It's 18 uh, IBUs for international bittering units, so not bitter. I mean, very slightly bitter. Yeah. Um, and slightly. it's it's at 5.2% ABV, so it's a lighter style beer. Yeah. Um, I think anything like 5.5 to 4.5 mm-hmm. is a lighter beer. Yeah. Um, sessionable. You can crush a bunch of them and Easily. feel um, feel all right. Yeah. Cool. So that's that's the first one with lager. If you if you like it. Definitely uh, mark that down somewhere on your notebook or in your you, phone. We're going to ask you guys to, me and Jay didn't get a chance to talk about this yet, but um, if you go to our site, which is beerotaku.com, um, beer and then O-T-A-K-U.com, right on the site there at the top, you'll see a banner ad that talks about free beer. If you click that, it'll take you to a page where you can fill out a little bit of information about yourself. And we have an open space there where you can just fill out a little bit of info. We want you, if you have gone out, got these beers, and did the, did the taste along with us, go ahead and let us know there, um, because we'll, we're going to do a raffle and, and give a couple four-packs away uh, for people that decided to do this with us. You know, let us know the beers that you got, what you tasted, you know, and, and how much you like them from, say, like, one to, one to four, or, or um, yeah, let's just say one to four, um, four being the best. How much like, you liked each beer that, that you taste yeah. at? 25%, one, yeah. 50%. See, I can do math. It's just because I have four quarters in front of me <laughs> <Yeah>. left over. 
and I can do simple math. Right. Cool. So um, we are moving on to the second beer. So this one is a Pale Ale. And, mm. you know, we got these beers from our friends at AJ's yeah. uh, Beer Warehouse in Henrietta on oh, Clay yeah. Road. We forgot to give them a shout so, out. They helped us to work up this list. They have all these beers. And if you're outside of this area, they said these are the beers that are most um, pretty findable across the U.S. Yeah. So what did they say about Pale Ale as a style? So what they noticed, and as they told me this, I was like, you know, I never really realized that, but I've noticed that too. Um, or just kind of kind of noticed it, but never really stood out to me. They said that Pale Ales have sort of, um, are becoming more of a, of a extinct dinosaur. Simply because uh, in the beginning, like, like let's say Stone in the beginning, they made very, very Stone, oh, yeah. you know, hardcore, hoppy beers. And not a lot of people liked them, but they found their niche, and that's how they grew slowly. Um, so when people came out with IPAs in the beginning, there's a lot of people who just couldn't get into it because they're so bitter. Yeah. So then a lot of makers went to pale ales, which are sort of like a nice in-between. It's, like it's like the nice, humble cousin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like more, the one that you invite over for dinner. It's very polite. <laughs> eats everything in his plate. It's approachable. Even though he didn't like all the vegetables. Says please and thank you. Gets up and goes to the bathroom to toot. <laughs> one of those guys. Yeah. But yeah, this one um is it's a, it's a good in between. The hops aren't too um they're more palatable for people who aren't sure about IPAs and it's a little bit more balanced. And this one being uh, one of Lagunitas's, uh they put a an emphasis on the citrusy uh notes that you get because of the type of hops they chose to use for this beer. So that's one that's why they call this one the citrus Citrus Renensis. I cannot gonna, say it dude, either. I'm not even going to pronounce that. <laughs> it's uh, Citrus Renensis. Citrus Renensis. Yeah, and it's a pale ale. It's brewed with, uh, blo- uh, with blood orange, but then mm. um, accentuated the, the characteristics with the hops that they, that they chose. Love blood oranges. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, so a little bit about pale ale. So this might be a style for you. I, I think it's a super approachable beer. It's probably one of the first beers that I tried a craft beer was pale ale yeah um flying dog did a bunch of pale oh, yeah, ales that i really liked um as a kid jay let me ask you this question as a kid as a kid thanks right? thanks when we we're kids did you of, of the kids right remember when we people had the gummy bears and the sour bears and all <laughs> yeah. that and the gummy worms and the sour worms were you a gummy bear sweet or were you a sour patch uh sweet kid? You were? Sweet. Okay. Danielle right. was a sour. Was she a sour? That's why we were attracted to each yeah, other. Opposites attract. Right? Yeah. And, but what, the reason I'm bringing that up is that that kind of lends itself to beer. Typically, when you're new to craft beer, you'll kind of lean towards you one know, or the other. One or the other in the beginning until you get used to all yeah. the different types. And um, Look, I, I love that Sour Patch Kids now. Yeah, like, right. As a older person who is not going to reveal their age <laughs> on there. But, but what's funny, though, is that a lot of people I've noticed who were, when they first got into craft beer, you gave them beer. If you gave them an IPA and they tend to like sour things, they really, really dug the IPAs right off the bat. And then they gradually could get into maybe some of the other beers. Yeah, um, That's the only reason I asked that. So, yeah. yeah, for this, if you are a person who typically likes uh, sour, for a kid who likes Sour Patch or you like the... the um, like the lemon heads or things like that, yeah. your palate probably is going to be more attuned with like IPAs or hoppiness. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So yeah, this pale ale. I mean, so pale ales in general. These are English in origin. Um, 
Very specific to an area called Burton in England. Really? I yeah, didn't know that. I did a, did some cool research on this, and I that's why the historian. I'm a his, teacher. Yeah, the history, history teacher, teacher in me came out, and I was sort of I was doing this instead of doing my hallway duty today. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this was in like, the hallway. Man, I just was like, lot. get to class, right guys, now? get to class, rather than writing their names <laughs> down. Um, so, what a lot of people try to do is when they do parallels. Um, they try to replicate the water of Burton, England. Interesting. Um, or they, they, they take, they might not try to replicate it, but yeah. they might treat their water to make it a, a good water. Yeah. I mean, we talk about Rochester's water. I mean, it's some of the greatest water in the, in the world. I mean, we have an abundance of fresh water here. All the brewers around Rochester mm. always brag about the, the water. It really um, is. So, you know, yeah, Palau's, there's, there's, Something, something that they they, so they are to, like, a little obsessive about about the water quality in order to make a pellow, and I think it's because the a pellow you can't really hide too much. It's either like what, good or yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you might be able to throw in some ingredients and do some some cool things, yeah. but that's why I feel like it's yeah. very it's kind of in between the loggers and IPA somewhere. Yeah. And that's one thing I was going to bring up by, about the lager. I won't stand up long because we finished with it, but lagers, you mentioned before how crisp and clean they are yeah. and it doesn't stay in your tongue. And they're, they don't hide anything. You cannot hide much no, it's with the lagers. It's bad or good. It's bad or good. It's either there or not. Yeah. And with pale ales, much the same. I think very much the same. Yeah. I think that, yeah, absolutely. So these, so pale ales have a higher fermentation. We talked about a lower fermentation with lager. Mm-hmm. This one, um, their temperature when they ferment are, are higher. Uh, the, the malts are added to keep color added to the beer, but pale ales don't tend to go any darker than like an amberish brown. And that, that's like pushing it. To, that's yeah. pushing it. Yeah. That, that um, it's in a state within yeah. that color range. But then they, you know, they add their hops. Um, and this is where it gets a little tricky because we are trying to help you find your style of beer. Yeah. There's really a, a lot of different or like styles of beer. Really based are. on the country that they're they're being brewed with, right. so I mean we have England English beers are like IPA or sorry pale ales are much more muted with the hops, so they're they're a little more uh, a little more con- constricted and rest- rest- const- constrained I guess yeah. restrained restrained, restrained with with the hoppiness and the yeah. bitterness. But then American and Australian uh, pale ales might bump that up a little bit, yeah. not getting to the IPA level, but but. Bumping it up. Isn't it funny how it kind of reflects the type of foods? Like you get a lot more spicy foods in your glass. Exactly. Britain, a lot more muted yes. typically. Unless yeah. it's like, uh, you know, people who have come over from other countries. Yeah. So we also have the difference with malt. I mean, the English pale ales tend to be a little more grainy and malty. They're still pale ales though. Right. But then America and Australia tend to lean a little more hop. So it's right. just, so that's something to keep in mind when you're potentially shopping if you like this pal al or you like you're you're starting to think yeah. about the ideas of a pal al it really goes with keep your that taste. in mind yeah for That's sure it. so general characteristics you know they're they're light malt characteristics you might get some caramel or toasted malts on the nose but also on the palate mm-hmm. uh they're woody or lightly floral with the hop flavors so you might get uh these these four i think are the the major players when it comes to flavors with hops so you got Floral, so yeah. some sort of like aromatic, like flower. Um, you have citrus. This one we're going to talk about with citrus because that's basically in the name. Um, pine, and then resin, which yeah. sort of those two sort of go together. Um, so yeah, let's we'll go through our asses here. Um, when I look at this beer, this beer is 
golden orange. So it does have a small little bit of orange, I think more on the the center again, not the outer ring. I think the outer ring is actually pretty yellow golden. Okay. But the inside, I get a subtle orange <clears throat> hint, and I, I think that plays towards the name. I see a little bit of tinge of that, and yeah. knowing that it has a little bit of... Uh, of the uh, blood orange, that would make sense, right, with the color. But you do see a little of the tinge. Um, yeah. I feel if the blood orange wasn't in there, it would be a lot, lot brighter of a yellow. And it's a little bit. It, it's got a little more haze. It's not hazy, but it's a little bit more hazy than the lager. Like so that is clean. I can't see Ben's beautiful eyes like it, <laughs> through it, like I did with the lager. Yeah. But um, I think when you the carbonation levels are pretty, um, pretty nice, and that's. Lenin for a nice little bit of head. So as you swish it around, you'll see the yeah. head appear on it. So nice aromas, white. yeah, plays right towards its name, right? Yeah, definitely. I, get, I mean, it's brewed with blood orange, but I get you lemon. Get orange. I get... Um, I feel like I get a lot a of the lemon from the, uh, the hops. Actually. Oh, the lemon, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I get a little pininess, pininess to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I get it. I think like grapefruit, Which is great. for me, just grapefruit always pops because yeah. I love grapefruit and maybe it's just in my mind. Yeah. But Did they say grapefruit in it too? No, it just said. But blood, you could, you could replicate that with the hops. With though. the hops, yeah. absolutely. There's, there's different styles of hops that have those uh, flavor profiles to them. And what's great about this type of beer, guys, um, is that you can kind of blend in those special, fl- those special flavors that really are abundant in hops. So it's like you can get some of those special flavors that you get in hops, like the pineiness or the resin or the funkiness, but not have all the bitterness that you're going to get with a straight-up IPA, which is nice. So it's like a great in-between in a lot of ways. But the flavor that... This is delicious. You were mentioning lemon lemon heads or lemon drops like (laughs) earlier. That's what I get get. right initially. That's That's the primary flavor that comes forward for me. Yeah. But then, um, so like when I peel an orange mm. and I eat it, like it, it has the rind on yeah, it. So yeah. that's what I'm getting towards the middle and the end of the flavors that are just like in my mouth still. The the, the after flavors, yeah. the 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 tertiary or the secondary flavor, the secondary or tertiary flavors. After Jay said that, it just if you're a person that really enjoys, my mom used to love freaking grapefruit, like. Pink grapefruit, yellow grapefruit. Yeah, she would eat it for breakfast. And I was like, can I try? And (laughs) my face was just pucker. I was like, what do you see in this? I don't get it. This is brutal, like, torture. (laughs) In the morning, you're trying to wake up? What's going on? But I feel like if you're a person that um, can enjoy something like a grapefruit, you would really, really enjoy this beer. Yeah, this beer is delicious. So, um, Lagunitas, good job. Good job, Lagunitas. All right. I like I like the subtle like they didn't go crazy no. either. They just they said brewed with blood orange juice yeah. and hops. So like they didn't throw a bunch of ingredients in there. They yeah. just complemented the the hoppiness of a pale ale. Not too hoppy, but the subtle hoppiness of a pale ale in American style pale ale yeah. with some citrus that makes the, the the hops pop. A good friend of mine, Darren Wheat, and I'm gonna shout out to Darren right now. He he did that first video with me years ago where we uh, were talking about the kind of sandwich to pair up with the beer. Oh, yeah. And he wound up uh, taking on a job with Lagunitas. So he's a local rep for Lagunitas right here in the New York State area. So he covers a lot of New York and also Pennsylvania and I think one or two other states. And so he has the job of traveling 
um, building accounts and all that kind of stuff. So he gets to taste a lot of local beers, a lot of places. And he was just commenting to me how their beer still today stands up um, because it's so well balanced in, in a lot of areas comparatively to what's out there. I love their beer. Their I, beer is I really good. I straight up say that. I, I mean, could drink their stouts. I could drink their IPAs. Um, and they're one of the first IPAs that, that I got remember into. Remember the Christmas? They have a Christmas owl, too. It's sort of like got a dog on it. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, I've seen that. Is it like a, is it a brown owl? I can't remember or the name it's of a it. And amber, maybe. It? Yeah. But that one... That one, every time I see it, I sort of, like, chuckle at it because yeah. I'm not, like, the gimmicky person that wants to buy a yeah. – <laughs> based on, like, a label. But, but then I'm like, stuff is just oh, that looks really good. They I have haven't one, had a bad beer from them. They have one called Brown Sugar, mate, with brown sugar. That was a really good one, too. No way. Brown Sugar, yeah. mate, with brown sugar. Yeah. It matches you. <laughs> oh, you brown sugar. Brown sugar. Brown sugar. And that's what it's called, actually. <laughs> um. So yeah. – um, what we're doing next, we're moving on to IPAs. IPA. So this one is the Founders All Day IPA, which is incredible because it is a sessionable beer. And it blew everyone away when it came out yeah. big time, maybe seven, eight years ago what or do you, What do you mean by sessionable? It's okay. Good question, Jay. I, I know what I it know is. I'm just asking. No, he really <laughs> is dumb people. No, I'm, I'm totally stupid. No, so session ale, we're just... We're just joking with each other. But session now just means that in a session, in a period of time, you can sit down and have several beers get up without what being wobbly. <laughs> without That's falling over all on it your means. face. Right. So, um, and session ales came into play big time. And I believe England, um, when people would have beers, even in America back in the day, where they have beers on their lunch break yeah. and uh, be able to go back to work and climb up, climb up onto that, that skyscraper scaffolding. I think, a lot of, I think a lot of German lagers... Um, are sessionable. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that 4.5 to 5.5 yeah. light beer range. It doesn't have to be labeled um, sessionable. It just no. has to be the, the, a, the uh, alcohol by volume has yeah, to be right. ABV. Yeah, so, yeah. I, this was unheard of to have an IPA <laughs> that was this flavorful, yeah. this low in alcohol. People sort of like, yeah. this was like mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I would say probably like Four to five years ago, this like really, to yeah. me, to me, to maybe you, not yeah. to other people. Other people might be way ahead of me, yeah. but four to five years ago, I like we went on our honeymoon about right, five, in Vermont, ago, yeah. and this guy that we uh, Airbnb'd with him and his wife. You mean his house? His house, yeah. He he had. All right, this might have been a problem, <laughs> but he had like they sell them in. First of all, they sell them in fifteen or eighteen packs. I think they're fifteen packs. Yeah, and yeah, he had. Hundreds of Cases empties of in the empties in the garage. Wow. Yes, I was creeping in the garage. <laughs> uh, but he was like, I love this. And yeah. I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about a 4.7% mm-hmm. IPA. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at him all weird. And then he and I, you know, sat there for a session. His wife, my wife, him, myself. Yeah. And we, we killed a 15-pack wow. between the four of us. And that's not – Yeah. But because it's so low. But because like, it's so low. We were – yeah, you're we fine. felt great. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get up, you know, we didn't drive anywhere or yeah. anything stupid like that. But like, yeah. we just hung we out, function. played some cards, and drank a bunch of beers. Right, and they were founders and all Danielle the IPAs. Liked these. Yeah, Danielle, like this yeah. was like really one of the first IPAs that she really transitioned nice, yeah. into, and it's really well balanced. Yeah. Really well balanced. So before we get into the founders specifically, IPAs, IPAs are like the bigger, more obnoxious cousin of pale ale. Right. Um, 
And again, these are English in origin, and the history teacher in me definitely geeked out on this because this is a beer that is birthed of the empire mm. of the of Britain when they were going in eight. Oh, uh, when they yep, exactly. That was a big, big part when they, the beer is. I mean, there right? was a saying: the sun never set on the British Empire. Yeah, because they had colonies and and True. area territory all around the world where still today, no matter what, the, the sun. Like I said, the sun was always up yep. when on a place that they controlled. Yep. So they needed a beer because you did not want to drink water on their these old ships, the wood mm-hmm. ships. Like the water would go rank and yeah. and rancid and would spread diseases and yeah. things, uh, waterborne pathogens and things like that. And so even they, some of the islands they landed on. Yeah, yeah. So they needed a beer that was a few things. Yeah, they needed a beer. That had a higher alcohol by volume presence because the alcohol would kill off any germs. Yeah. The beer had a lot of different flavor profiles from the different colonies that, that like they took ingredients from their different colonies and right. brewed it into the beer. It's literally a colonial beer. Right. Um, and then Good point. this beer also helped prevent things like vitamin B and vitamin C deficiencies, deficiencies yeah. like, you know, scurvy. So you're able to pull uh, some of the stuff from. Yeah. From the so fruit there was actually nutritional right value. Of, wow. Exactly, in the IPA, you know, but moderation, in moderation, obviously. I'm Um, giving myself (laughs) non-deficiency. I'm making sure my teeth don't fall out. (laughs) I'm I'm drinking some IPA. To my health. So if you have scurvy, drink some IPA. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully you don't have scurvy in the 21st century. But either way. So, again, this is another beer where you're going to get different different versions of IPA based on where you are mm. and what type of IPA you buy. Right. And we'll, we'll break that down a little bit. But um, IPAs typically have a much more pronounced hoppy flavor profile. Uh, a lot more of the bitterness, a lot more of the floral, a lot more of the earth, yeah. citrus, pine, fruit, uh, that is accentuated by the abundance of hops in this mm. beer. So Ben was talking about like finding, do you like sour? Do you like sweet? This one is like, do you like more malty or do you like mm. bitter? Yeah. If you like bitter. That's um, a better opposite of bitter. That's yeah. yeah. I like that. IPAs are going to be your, your jam. Yeah. They're yeah. Your jam. They're going to be a slow jam. <laughs> you didn't say that. I just did that. <laughs> I don't even know who's, what was this? Slow? Kanye, I think did slow jams yeah, or was it song. Twista? Twista. No, Twista was in the song. Twista was in the song. Yeah, All right. Now song. I'm, now I'm really dating right, myself. You can probably guess my age by this point. <laughs> <laughs> so... So uh, we already said they have higher ABVs. So like a normal IPA mm-hmm. can range from six to seven and a half percent. But like we said, you can also get sessionable IPAs that are a little bit lower. Right. And then you can have things like double IPAs and triple IPAs. Right. So Dippa or Tippa yeah. beers that literally double or triple the, the alcohol by volume. They can get up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost to like wine levels of alcohol by volume. What is average wine level alcohol? I mean, for, it depends. That's a loaded question. Man. So let's say reds. Uh, reds. Let's say a typical I red. Think a, I think a well-balanced, good, average so red from around the world. Lock, not right? just from not not just from America. Like thirteen percent, thirteen and a half. But like you go to you go to Napa and yeah. like you're getting reds that are fifteen and a half. Yeah. You go to Paso Robles or you go to like the West, basically California. Like yeah. they're reds. They like big huge bold reds yeah but then you go to the old world and you get reds that can range in the 11 12 to 13 percent which yeah. you know my biases come out like i prefer a wine that is much more like that versus like kick me in the teeth yeah but i've had some great i, I can't say i've had great napa i've I had just prefer it's pre- yeah it's preference flavor. 
and it's also a little bit higher than ABV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's also you you base your what choices you on food, yeah. on your activities, right. your entertainment right. slash guests. Yeah. So there, there's a People lot of variables like, there. Sixteen percent. People you like, twelve percent. <laughs> So if we were gonna if we we're gonna generalize IPA, which is a very difficult thing to do, I right. think we did a good job. We're just but, doing this based on us, yeah. guys. When we say generalize, so color wise, they they range from gold to like reddish, copperish. They might have that hue, that sort of tint to them. And this is definitely a little bit more copper. Yeah, right? this one this one has like that. It's it's, it's like orangish, of, but it's like dirty orange. Yeah, not dirty, but like it's, it's a got light a, orange. It's got a. Sort of a, a red clay quality to it. I feel like it's, it's a, like a light copper. Yeah. And then IPAs are going to be floral. They're going to be tropical. They're going to be piney and resinous. They might even be some funky, skunky, yeah. uh, ganja type of aromas that which, depending on the hops that you use. Which Three Heads, local Rochester, yep. does a phenomenal job with that. And people dig it. And people dig it. Yep. I, it's grown on me. I used to really not like it. Now I'm, yeah. I'm borderline in love with it. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Are borderline you call in, in love? The morning? Yeah. What does that mean? I'll, I'll have. I might call her in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I might. I might call three heads in the morning and say, "Do you love me back?" I think I like you. <laughs> I think I like you. Can we be steady? So and then IPAs. Yeah. A, 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 I don't want to say plain, but like a, a regular brewed IPA. Like, you're going to get the accentuated floral and citrus flavors and piney flavors from the, hop, the, the, the hops on the nose or typically the hops on the palate. Yeah. But then people are doing crazy things with palaos. They're, yeah. they're doing, like, fruit puree infusions. They're doing um, milkshake IPAs. IPAs. They're doing what? You said palaos, but Jimmy more IPAs. IPAs, sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah, so... People they are, are doing I feel like IPA things. is the experiment beer yeah. right now. Yeah. Like you can just Why is it's that? almost like chuck stuff in there and Why hope is that? it it's because it just absorbs and it, it's because they have the, the extreme of the bitterness, it plays off well of contrast. Either that or brewers brewers are not afraid to experiment because they think people IPAs have been the yeah. rage the yeah. past decade. I mean boom, boom, boom. From West Coast to New England style to milkshake, to, to hazy, juicy, to, yeah. I mean, all the above. I feel like brewers just feel confident with an IPA that they can do something funky with it, and yeah. people are still going to at least drink it. Right. Which right. is not my goal. I like to enjoy my beers. I don't yeah. want to just drink it to drink it. But, you know, to each their own. Hmm. So we have our founders. This is founders. It's uh, 4.7% ABV, uh, 42 IBUs, so higher international bittering units uh level and what's cool about this is it came in a 19.2 fluid ounce can what's also so called for what two do, bucks what do those things, those the, big, i don't even know what a, this is because two, that's a two-fister guys that's a two-fister two a pounder is a 16 ounce yeah this is another three it's like an 18 ounce is that this is more than 19 19 ounce i don't even know what yeah. to call it we should invent our own name for it i don't know so crowler's already taken this is like uh, you would have to hold like a lightsaber or a sword yeah, by two hands. There you go. So we'll call it a twofer. We'll call it it's a, a twofer. We'll call it a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll call it a shampoo bottle. <laughs> it does look like shampoo. Either way, it's it's a it's a big big yeah. can. So we already said this beer. So we'll tar- start with the site. Uh, it's got that copperish, orangish, yellowish hue to it. The aromas. I get pine. I get resin. 
Yeah. This is more of that piney resinous type that. of beer. Pine um, resin. Maybe a little bit of funk on it. I get sweet. You get I some sweetness. I definitely get sweet, yeah. I get this a little is, bit of honey. This was like a, yes. Yes, good call on that one. I was, you know, that definitely uh, But yeah, there's funk through. in there right in the middle. Founders was sort of like the first ones to like blow people's minds with this. Yeah. Like, hey, this is an IPA, but you can drink it all day. Because um, a lot of people are like, you know what, man, I don't want to have to go. IPAs were like one and done almost. And, but if you're going out to a bar, though, it's not going to be one and done because you're going to get conversations. Yeah. And people are like, all right, I want to be able to sit at the bar and be able to have a couple or three and not have to worry about how much longer do I have to stay here and my night's done, right? And so they were the first ones to sort of think far off like that. Like, this is great. Everyone's coming out with all these different crazy IPAs and crazy beers, but a lot of them have a lot of alcohol in them. Yeah. And the, a lot of the local guys started thinking, you know what? They're right. We want people to stay longer. So if we have that option and someone has to go to work in the morning, you know. It's, it's like a it, – it's business. Yeah. It's like it's I business. can make more money if I can sell more beer and people don't, like, fall over in my bar and have to take Ubers or right. Lyfts or taxis home. Like They're not going to come out as often if yeah. that has to happen. And people, in, you know, people enjoy their the, – the, social, the socialization that is beer. Right. Um, so, yeah, so flavors, I mean, again, hot pronounced. This has a drying. So on, on, the, on the front, I get a lot of the pine. I get a little bit, again, of the citrus, maybe a little bit of lemon, a little bit. Mm. Um, but more of the bitter rind yeah. part of, of a Like if you don't, the pith. There yeah. we go, the pith. Um, but then the finish is pretty darn dry. Like it, yeah. it dries my mouth out in not a bad way because when your mouth dries out, what do you want? want more you want more life. liquid. Yeah. You want more ocean water. Genius. <laughs> Those evil geniuses. Um, yeah, you were talking about all the sweet stuff. Well, for me, in the beginning, I'm just getting rind. I'm getting a little bit, a lot of bitter. Not, not, I shouldn't say a lot of bitter, but I'm getting moderate. A, a moderate amount yeah. of bitter. Um, and I'm not getting the sweetness till toward the end. Yeah. Um, and then it just goes dry, which I like. I think it starts really round, like... The, the finish starts mm-hmm. round, like you get that sweetness, like Ben is saying, but yeah. then Drops it, off like, quick, it's like a quick drop off is, to yeah. drying your mouth out yeah. in, in a good way, not a bad way. But if you don't like dry mouth, then maybe IPAs aren't for you. Yeah, this one does do that. All right, so we're going we're gonna to move to our fourth style. This is a style known as stouts. Okay. And I think that we could have done a porter. Yeah. Because a stout is sort of like an offspring of a porter. But you see a lot more stouts. Though. But I feel like stouts have become a very popular and famous yeah. uh, I feel style. Like, I feel like stouts are more common, whereas porters are a lot less. They're more of a special unicorn. Yeah. You know? I can see that for sure. You don't see them as often. You really don't. Not, like, not well-made ones. The yeah. whole reason why stouts exist is because somebody in um, the, the origin is very sort of muddled like we don't yeah. really know it's where like, stouts like clean we don't we don't really know who started stouts yeah we know porters are typical again of you know the british isles right. ireland but also these these styles can be found in in northern northern europe as well but primarily i would say england, england. so yeah. i think i if I had to make an educated guess as a historian, I would trace it back to England. Yeah. Um, but Ireland has sort of made them famous. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the whole reason why a stout even exists is because of a porter. Porters were typically a little lighter, dark beer. Yeah. But somebody was like, well, I want a stout porter, meaning yeah. I want a stronger porter. 
were so full body. Thus, the name what was stout. That's where you know the name derives from. Yeah, they, a stronger porter. They wanted a stout porter. Hmm. Um, and typically, stouts, you know, they are um, very lightly carbonated. Yeah. Um, often even nitrogenated using nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have smooth or tight bubbles that form this silky, creamy, smooth mouthfeel. Um, they're, they're definitely more about mouthfeel, less about the bitterness. Yeah. Less about, uh, I wouldn't take away the sweetness. So this stouts are primarily malt forward. Wow. Malt, malt, malt. Yeah. And these roasted Usually malts. Chewy. Yep, they create almost a breadiness. A th- they're a thick, mouth-coating, delicious bomb. You could yeah. probably already guess that I'm a little biased towards mm-hmm. stouts, but either way. Um, and again, the stouts, there, there are a lot of different styles. I mean, the Irish have sort of made it famous with Guinness um, and Murphy's. Um, but we have English style. We have American style. So here's, here's the general characteristics. If you are looking for something different than the three that we started before, a stout might be for you. They typically have higher ABV than a porter, but they can range anywhere from 4% to 7%. Yeah. So like they can still technically be a layer beer. Yeah, they can. Yeah. But I would say most of them are typically five and a half, six, seven, and then you get into Imperial and we'll, we'll break that down later. And that's to blow you away. This little bit of this little yeah. kernel is that typically a straightforward stout has less calories in it than most of your other beers, your IPAs, and yeah. even your lagers, which seems to be counterintuitive. You would think those were lighter because they look lighter. I did not know that. But stouts typically are lighter in calories. So now I know why I like stouts better. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep my, my your uh, figure. athletic figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so color-wise, they, they range from brown to like literally jet black. Mm-hmm. If I held this glass up and I turned the lights off, I wouldn't be able to see the beer. Yeah. Um, well, you wouldn't be able to see any beer with I the lights off. wouldn't be able to see anything. <laughs> High malt character, like roasted barley. Natural. There's a lot of natural sweetness that comes out of the out of yeah. malt, um, but not to the sense of being sicky sweet. Like we're talking about yeah, yeah, subtle yeah. sweetness that comes in the form of natural, like uh, flavors like caramel, chocolate, coffee, vanilla, yeah. um, and that goes from aromas to also flavors. I feel like stouts definitely what you smell, you typically taste. Mm. And then this is the thing with hops. Yes, there are hops in stout yeah. and porter. Yeah. But this is, this is, uh, there are typically higher hops um, in, uh, in very few styles. Right. Like you're typically seeing the more creamy, smooth, malt-forward beers uh, when it comes to the ones sold here in America. Right. I actually think that the, this is what I find a little bit odd is like, I actually find English stouts to have a little bit more bitterness than American. Yeah. Which was weird because yeah. America's like hophead heaven. So. But I, I feel like for some reason, because of the coffee uh, flavors you'll typically get and the, and the grain. You don't want to overdo it. it. And from the, like the chocolate that you'll naturally get often from the grain. Um, when they're and more of stouts. like a dark chocolate. We're talking about like yeah, yeah. that. Bitter, like bitter, dark, like, like yeah. bitter chocolate, right? Or, or, or uh, dark chocolate. We're not and, talking and I, about that bastardized chocolate, chocolate called Hershey's. chocolate and all that. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like because of that, people, um, Americans at least lean into that, right? And they, t- they tend to, instead of, make it, instead of adding too much more bitterness to it, like you'll get in England, 
um, they'll lean into it more and they'll tend to do stuff like campfire stouts where they're trying to make like s'mores into it or they're going to like actually add chocolate into it or they're going to actually add coffee to it, which gives, uh, you know, some interesting um, representation of flavors. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this one? So, James? yeah. So when I look at this one, I see um, like almost jet black. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's I mean, when got you a brownish. Hold up to the light, it definitely you, is. Yeah. But I also, I get a, when I swirl it, I get, there's a reddish hue on the outside. Okay. A reddish brown hue, which, which is pretty cool. It just sort of like, it's something I see in, in stouts and it catches my eye. Um, but again, we were talking about carbonation. Very, 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 very little carbonation here. Yeah. This is not a nitrogenated beer. Yeah. Um, typically a nitrogenously, a, a nitrogenated beer gonna be um, is going to be very, just yeah. like straight up liquid like it's yeah. just smooth yeah. it's meant to create a subtle smooth sort of um motion through through your palate and down down the hatch mm-hmm. um aromas on this now this is dragon's milk by new holland out of michigan um it's a bourbon barrel aged stout so you're gonna get a lot more sweetness and sugars from you're the gonna wood. get sugars you're gonna get also a little bit of burn from yeah. the bourbon from you might even get some like a bourbon barrel is charred oak. Right. I mean, you you can't make bourbon without a charred oak barrel. So they literally will char the wood inside the barrel before they put the bourbon into it. So this is 11% alcohol by volume. So this... That's a high one. This is like... Would you call this an imperial? That's definitely an imperial. Yeah. Yeah, that's an imperial. So... so anytime you're getting into like the... The like double digits. And half to, to the, the double ten, digits, I think, yeah. Um, and those can range to like... I would say like average. Typically, I'll see something that's imperial be like a 10% to 13 even sometimes. But, man. It's good, though. Look, I've had some bourbon barrel age that I really despised. Yeah. And I love bourbon. But why? Because they're not balanced. This is smooth. That's a good point. And I'm getting very subtle bourbon hints. So, for you, what's not balanced? This is balanced. No, no, I understand that. But for you, what is not balanced? When you get a beer that tastes more like a liquor. like Like when you taste... If this is a bourbon barrel age, yeah. I should not straight up taste like I'm sipping. That should be the only thing that you're uh, tasting. A two finger pour of neat bourbon. Right. Like I love bourbon. Yeah. But what you want bourbon? I, you I want, want beer, beer right. here. I right. want bourbon. I want bourbon. I want beer. I want beer. Right. So I think that the, uh, New Holland did an awesome job. This this is a really well balanced bourbon barrel age. Like I get the subtle nuances of it. There's a slight little hint of the of the burn. I get a little bit of that charred oak. Yeah. I get a little bit of that that sweetness that is accentuated from bourbon. Mm-hmm. The mash that they use is typically that gives bourbon a little bit of sweetness. But then the stout. This is they say dragon's milk. I am not one hundred percent sure if they've used like lactose here or they've used milk sugars. But to me, I think they might have. Like otherwise, why would they put dragon's milk? I mean, it could um, be labeling too. I'm cool with that though. Um, if they, I think they did. I'm getting a little bit of that subtle sweetness Especially that I get since from the it. Average, I, I taste smooth, but because they put it on there, I would almost guarantee you they have yeah, to I put mean, it in the beer. Otherwise, I feel like it's false advertising. Yeah. But it's delicious. Yeah. It's, it, it is malty. I get subtle hints of the bitterness, like a bitter note of coffee, maybe yeah. a dark roast coffee, which is usually my afternoon coffee. But then it's got some really nice, subtle, bitter, dark chocolate that has some of the subtle sweetness to it, too. 11 percenter isn't for everybody. I, I do want to caution that, like, if you're just trying stouts for the first time, please don't judge all stouts based on By this because this, this, yeah. this is a craft stout. Yeah. 
This, this is specifically a certain flavor you're going to get because of people are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to like legitimately say you want a you want a classic form of stout. Go get a Murphy's or a, a Guinness, the Irish style. No, I, and, I would, why would they do that? No, I don't know because people think I'm a seller. I don't no. know. Like we're talking Guinness about craft is, beer, but we're Guinness and, and Guinness Murphy's are classic. mass produced. Yeah, but they're a classic style classic. of stout. People uh, want to replicate that style. Yeah, like I see a lot of craft stouts that nitrogenate their beers. Like they left want hand that, is the one that yeah, does that. Yeah, left hand milk style is phenomenal. Yeah. I think that. I think that they've done an amazing. I think it's America's best stout. So if you want to try left hand milk stout or nitro stout, nitro milk stout. There yeah. we go. Definitely try that one too. They're out of Colorado. That's good. Like uh, I would say, that's a good American standard of what. Like we were talking about Ireland, kind of known for yeah. stouts. Um, I would say that's a good American version of what an Irish stout would be or is. Yeah, man. So, so that's a good one. My two cents on it, honestly. <sighs> I didn't like this one as much. It's not a bad beer. Uh, just the things that I look for, and this is where like Jay and I just are different. Uh, that some of the things I look for in a beer are different in, in, a, in a stout. So typically, I like my stouts to be. I, I, I actually, I honestly do like bourbon barreled, but for me, this one was felt like it was a little bit too sweet. It just wasn't as balanced as I like. If it's this high, I normally like the alcohol to, to fill mute it. But I feel like the sweetness somehow overtook it. That doesn't appeal to me as much. I just, I really like it to be either a little bit more balanced or less heavy on the sweet side, more heavy on the um, maybe chewiness or thickness. But this, you know, I would drink a bottle of it. I don't hate it at all. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. But it's not like my favorite. That's, that's the only thing I'll say about it. But if you're listening and you didn't really dig any of the first three. Yeah. I would definitely say give porters and stouts a, a shot. Please, yeah. Or maybe even an amber or a brown owl. So if you look at our list, I think we're going to have our list listed there. Yep. We have like three different versions of each style, like made by a different brewery that are pretty findable. And that, again, was with the help of AJ's. So if you're looking for a place that you know that they'll have them, go to AJ's Beer Mar House, Red Henrietta on Clay Road. And then you might be able to find them in other places around town. But for sure, AJ's has all of these. I think we've had most of these. Actually, no. I've, I've only had one of these. So three of them I haven't had with all the extensive beers I've had. I don't know about Jay. Yeah, I've had one, two. Two of them. Two. Okay. Yep. So, and this was good. So this was great because it kind of portfolioed what we like or actually showed our preferences, what we like, what we're, you know, attuned to, given what um, the kind of generic standard is for each style of beer. So this was great. You got to see us in action and what we like. So we want you guys to do the exact same thing. You can invite, like, two or three friends over. And you know what? Make this fun. And say, hey, guys, I got some beers. I want you guys to try them. Tell me what you think. We're going to share these or right? give an opinion. So get some of these beers. Bring them back. You could do it by yourself, or you can get them with other friends. It's a lot more fun if you do them with other friends. And it also helps us to understand like that even though we like something a lot, other people may not like it. So it's great because we learn um, what tastes are supposed to be there, what, what tastes aren't supposed to be there. What's great about that is that as you begin to dial in you, what you like with beer, huge part of what you like is based off of other people's opinions as much as we don't want to say that. That is a part of our evolution and our taste. For sure. Jay, you want to add to that? So what I would say is, like, the reason why we did this, the whole purpose of this podcast is to eventually promote you and your confidence of going and buying beer on your own and right. not 
relying on you know the beer guru that's at the beer store or right. maybe just joe schmo mr stock boy at the grocery store like yeah. we want you to become confident in that so we do want to talk a little bit about how to identify your potential beers on the shelves so whether it's lager or a pale ale or an ipa or a stout that you identified more with the drink along um there's just some like generic birotaku tips that we might throw out there to help you guys with uh with the decision making you could do a lot more with several people than just one person oh yeah definitely so First, first step is like grocery store versus beer store. I, I think that there is a benefit to both. Yes. I'm not knocking a, a generic grocery store. Like we have Wegmans. We're lucky enough to right. have Wegmans here in Rochester. Wegmans has done uh, a ton for the industry here. In the east, on the east coast, like for you know, a lot of different states have it now. Yeah, they just opened up one in Brooklyn. Yeah, recently. It's incredible. So a grocery store has, if, if they're going to do it right, they're going to have um, a fairly decent section. Yeah. They might have three, four, five shelves and some refrigerator units for yeah. it. it. It's actually a good sign in a grocery store if something is sort of almost like outright. Because that means the store's they're selling they're it. They're selling it. I'm not saying that if it's fully stocked, like stay away from it. Right. But what I'm saying is don't be afraid to to look at the shelves and see like if other people are buying it, then yeah. that might be a good that might be a good indicator. Yeah. But if I did have to make my suggestion, I would say try. Try your best to hunt down a local beer store. In yeah. Rochester, we're very lucky. We have so AJ's. Lucky. We have um what is it? St- steamers at the steamers. marathon. Right. We have the one-stop beer shop in Greece. Right in Greece. Uh, yep. I think we have another one. Um, Beers of the World is is still uh, a thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, they're, they're going to be your, your gurus. They're yeah. going to be the people who take the information that we just taught you. You're going to go there and say, hey... I learned through beer, beer cast by Beer Otaku. Be There's sure to plug, make sure, be sure to plug, to plug us. us, guys. Come yeah. on now. Um, that I you. really, I really like lagers. Like, yeah. what would you suggest? And yeah. that, and just give. This is what I've tried. This is what I liked about it. And this is my price range. And this is my so price far range, so right? Um, um, and they're going to show you thing. All right, here's a big plus. Here's a big pro versus big giant store versus small store. With a place like AJ's, as our example of what a small store can do, because they're a great example of it. Um, we've gone there a lot. They've, they've, you know, we spent time in their store. We've bought things just purely on their expertise. Those guys research the heck out of stuff. They know their stuff. Almost every person in that store you talk to knows what's going on. They know the industry. They know what's in Rochester. They know the market. And based on what you like, they can give you two or three great options. And that's what they did for this beer list right here for, for today. But I'll tell you that. Um, if you want to go to like a store like Wegmans, they're good too as far as selection. Um, but just like one of the things Jay just said was that when you can buy a lot more in mass, maybe your prices can be a little bit smaller um, at the grocery store. The grocery store. Yeah. But, you know, if you're already there, you know, great. But I, I tell you, it's not that huge of a difference if you really want to understand the beers and have someone yeah. there all the time, which is what AJ's I would, I would suggest to you if you really want help. You know, screw the difference of a dollar and get the help you need and get winners every time. Yeah. Um, if you're like, I kind of know what I like, go to, you know, go to, go to the one on, on um, go to the one over in Pittsburgh because that's the one with the head Barnabas who worked here at Playhouse. And he was the guy at that store who just, I felt like he was like an encyclopedia. He actually just, Wegmans asked him and transferred him to their new store in Brooklyn because they know Brooklyn is becoming a Mecca. 
as far as uh, as far as like a New York City area for craft beer, and they want him there to sort of um, helm what they're trying to do between the craft beer breweries and what they want to do in that store. Yeah. So he passed on a mantle to Bob, who's now the guy who's in charge of the beer and um, the education, and, and he does a lot of beer cheese pairings at the store there, right there on. Um, and the Wackmans in Pittsburgh. So that's a great store to go to. But as far as you want to get someone holding your hand and, and teaching stuff, AJ's. Yeah. So the second second little tip, blind versus informed. Like, if you've listened to this podcast and you did a drink along with us, you're informed. Yeah. You're, you're informed. Like, you're you not going in there and saying, I don't know what I want. Right. I think I'll grab this because it has a cool label on it. <laughs> you're not just walking like, into the woods blind. You know something now. Exactly. You a little bit of a toolbox. So do your research. Figure it out. Don't just go and buy anything, otherwise you're going to be wasting your money. Yeah, um, definitely. The other thing is, I would say, number two, blind versus informed also plays into risk versus reward. Yeah. Um, like, use your tools. There are, you know, apps, you know, Beer Advocate, uh, Untapped, uh, you guys have heard us, you know, plug beers from the Rochester area and yeah. what we like and what we might not, you know, push you towards. Yeah. Um, so don't don't feel like you have to st- stick to, you know, this, the same beer over and over and over again because you're afraid to, right. to take a risk. Right. There are tools out there to inform you. Uh, including this podcast, yeah, uh, especially this podcast. Plug to ourselves, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> um, to 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 take those risks. Um, but I will tell you from firsthand experience: do your research because yeah. otherwise you'll get a stinker. Yep. And then you're going to be really ticked off that you spent 14 bucks on a four pack, <laughs> yeah. and you got to like push it off on your sister's boyfriend or something. <laughs> hey Wait, guys, just like I did. <laughs> but listen, it's a part of the learning process. You just don't want to be doing that. You don't want that. You waste your money. You don't want that to happen a lot. Or if that's happening too often, then you aren't doing any kind of research. Okay, it's going to happen once in a while, and that's okay um, because it makes a great story, and you learn something about yourself, and that's wonderful. But yeah, just be sure to do so. Like for instance, um, here's a great app. It's called Untapped, um, and it's spelled U-N-T-P-P-E-D, or is it A-P, no D? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's spelled U-N-T-A-P-P-E-D, and it's a great app you can use. What's great, I'll just give you a couple things about it. So you could typically type in the beer name, and it'll just pop up that beer, that brand, information about the beer and social then media for beer social media for beer it'll let you know this many people like this beer and that's great and all but that doesn't really mean anything to you you know everyone likes something doesn't mean that you're gonna like it another cool feature they have built in is people that are friends of yours like this beer now that's a little bit that's something you can work with because again you know your friends you know your friends you know what they like so that means that you can as you take this app you can actually um, tailor this app to you. You can, as you bring beers over and your friends are tasting beers with you, you can quickly, within two minutes, open up their phone, you know, to have them download it, open up their phone, put in what they like, and all of a sudden you're linked. And you know that Bob had some beers over the last month. You're looking at the beers he had and you go, you know, he liked this one. I think I'll get it. So that's a great tool to have. And one of the cool things with this beer that's a nice feature is that you don't have to actually type in anything. You could just go to the top, hit the scan bar, which is right on the very top. Take your phone, your smartphone, focus it on the barcode that's on the can itself or the packaging, and boom, it finds your beer right away. That's, that's nice. Yeah, so I would say that the last thing is, um, like, how do you find your 
duds from your fuds, from your treasures. Explain that a little so, bit. So I don't know where fud, fuds, we just thought it was funny because it rhymed. <laughs> but like duds, guys, check, check your expiration dates. Yes. Um, so typically what's happening in industry right now is 30 days and younger is the primo time to get that beer as, as tasty as the maker wanted it to be. As just kind of rule of thumb, loose rule of thumb. So, how do you find those those fuds, those 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 suds, those treasures? Um, check check that date. Um, Look ask right on the can. Your beer store dude or your 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 person that's in the in the beer section in yeah. charge of it. Right. Check your untapped, and remember what people tell you. Yes. Like. If people say that beer was awful, don't be afraid to write it down. Don't Pull your write phone it down. Out. Like you won't remember it. Avoid it. Yeah. Um, granted, everybody's palate's different. And then do a little research on it. Yeah. If you if you still feel like after research and you think you you know, try Joe Schmo's opinion wasn't right and you yeah. want to try it, yeah. maybe try to seek it out in a single can yeah. or a uh, a crawler versus spending 14 15 16 17 18 bucks on a four pack and there's an app that i don't have right now i've had it before that's really great in showing you what's on tap around town so you could type in that beer see if it's on tap anywhere go over try it right on the you know right in that in that bar and um if you like it get a whole pint of it as far as as far as um you know instead of like buying a whole six pack we'll talk about that what that app is next time because i can't remember what that app is guys i'm sorry cool so you know, take take the advice. Uh, everybody's a little bit different, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. And we hope that first of all, I, we hope that you enjoyed the drink along. It was the first time we've done this. We're gonna try to do this more. Yeah. Um, especially this this one was more of a generic find your style, but we're gonna do drink alongs with maybe some uh, with some local Rochester beers that are easy to find um, that really characterize the Rochester scene coming up as well. Um, we would love it if you guys could yeah. get on Apple iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Um, we've had quite a few downloads. You guys have been yes. you know, gracious enough to uh, do that for us. And we are hopefully going to keep kicking out awesome podcasts for you guys. Um, soon we're going to be available to Android users on mm-hmm. Google Play. Um, we're working on getting on Spotify here yes. soon in the next couple of weeks. So keep your eyes out for that. We want to really be accessible to you folks. Yeah, we will let you know for sure. Um, we also are on a program known as Podbean, yes. uh, which you can go into the, the... That's our actual platform of loading. Yep. Um, and that, you can you can download the app to uh, And you to can just bypass all that, folks, and just go to beerotaku.com where we load all of the, all of the Podbean stuff. Yep. So uh, the website has been great. We also have um, a chance for you guys on the website and in a couple different locations that we'll mm-hmm. get to in a second. But on the website, you guys can... Um, enter to win a beer raffle Um, and down at the bottom of that link which is right at the top of the website we're going to be working on the website a little bit too everything's Um, a process guys but like Jay is saying right at the bottom of that page there's a form there's a form on the on the top of the page right right top of the website right if you go right right as you hit the website there's a there's a a banner right on top that just says uh, why buy beer if you can win it just click that and it should take you to a page where you'll um, see and then below that there's a form that you can fill out and you can yourself enter in to win 
right below that, if you continue on, there's a place that's a free forum where you can ask us questions or if you have any um, things, suggestions about the show. Um, we want to make the show something that's enjoyable to you. And interactive. That, interactive, yeah. for sure. Um, we're assuming we're going to be presenting questions and we're going to give you lists of different things we're going to go out and get and drink for the next show so you can be prepared and drink along with us. Um, and also tell you places that we're going to go and do some live shows. So there's a lot coming up. So if you guys um, want to ask us questions that we could uh, answer on the podcast, you guys could direct message or private message us on Instagram or Facebook. Or like Ben said, drop us a line on that form on birotaku.com. Yep. Facebook, birotaku slash birotaku. And then on Instagram, I believe it is birotaku dot spell out the dot D-O-T com. That's how you can get to us. Cool. So also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are um, trying to push out uh, anything that we know about the local beer scene, beer events. So if you're a beer Um, vendor, a person who produces beer, does beer events, um, let us know and we will advertise it for you. Absolutely. So uh, we're here at Swillburger in the Playhouse. They've been awesome enough to host us. And uh, this is... uh, the end of summer beers yeah so stick with us for next podcast we will be moving on to a uh what we think is a really fun uh next topic yeah so if you guys get a chance do you want to talk about the topic do you want to give any teasers nah cliffhanger cliffhanger okay cliffhanger it will be about rochester yeah okay okay cool so this has been jay and ben and uh this has been another beer cast by Birataku. Stay tuned for the next episode and cheers. Cheers, guys.